A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, got a really interesting topic. We're going to be talking about monogamy or polygamy. <laughs> so this is going to really, really, really be interesting because I'm going to have the conversation with my ex-partner. His name is Paul Lowe, and he is the owner and founder of Will Game Changers. Welcome, Paul. Thank you very much. And as I said on the uh, the previous podcast episode, uh, or one of the previous ones we did, there's a kind of surreal feeling to this, and I'm really looking forward to this because I know I know our views on this, and that's not to say that our individual views are right or wrong, but I'm sure it will make for a fascinating dance. Absolutely, because uh, I think um, I certainly have had many conversations with people who are very pro. Polygamy, for want of a better, sorry, uh, expression, but I don't necessarily subscribe to it or believe that it's the right way for us to go. And uh, I know you share similar thoughts. Hmm, I do. Um, what this sparked with me before we dive into the, uh, you know, the deeper dive into this kind of uh, this question, um. It brought up rightly or wrongly the just a little bit of a sideswipe here, the the question of judgment versus opinion. Mm. And for me, the, the latter, the opinion is I have this view and thought around something, and that's okay. Because isn't it true that you know this I think there's so much pressure around, you know. <laughs> being pure about our word and, you know, you shouldn't say that and you shouldn't say that and you should say this and da, 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 and all this kind of stuff. And I think, we, you know, certainly from the people I speak to, a lot of people that they feel stifled and constrained by, you know, this lack of freedom to express themselves because they're going to be perceived as being judged, you know, and this judgment. So for me, I think it's absolutely healthy for us to express an opinion, but it's when we're bringing comparison that it brings in the element of judgment, doesn't it? So simple example of, I don't know, I might say, I love the colour yellow, for example, just as one example. And by the way, the colour yellow is better than the colour pink. All of a sudden, that goes from an opinion into a judgment. Who am I to say that yellow's better than pink? And, you know, as is the way, and as you know, within our kind of many years together, um, I always run the risk of a conversations, these dancers, of taking us down many rabbit holes. But I just, <laughs> I just kind of pre-frame that because this question that you've raised, I think, lends itself to, if we're not careful, um, and not just as particularly, but people in general, because I think people do have strong views around this one way or the other. 
And I think it's nice if we can offer an opinion around it rather than a judgment. And I'm not pre-suggesting that we would offer a judgment. But anyway, I just throw that on the table for what it's worth. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose my opinion around it is that I consider, you know, sharing a, an intimate sex act with somebody as a sacred act in its own right and its own self. And I, um, you know, have been more conscious and aware of my own personal growth and my own spiritual path, not from a religious perspective, but, you know, just from my own morals and beliefs perspective uh, around what what standards do I want to live by and for me you know sharing a sex act for me is is a, a the ultimate act of intimacy with somebody and connection and I feel that you know when you have that special connection with somebody that you then not only you know um can co-create another human life but you can co-create you know really great special things on the back of exchanging that sexual energy and i i just for me personally wouldn't want that to be diluted by you know having multiple partners what are your thoughts paul yeah well you know i share that you know i share that but i also want if i may to give a a kind of uh, you know uh, a contrasting slant on that and it's this so, and you you know this story because I've you know I've shared it with you many 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 times during our time together. But when I was younger, and I'm going back to about sixteen, I got in a fight in a public place, and there was a man of the cloth that called me over, and you know in those days I was kind of you know I really thought I was the boy. I was on the streets. I was wild. And anyway, this 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 man of the cloth. Um, called me over and he said, I've seen you before. He said, you really think you're something, don't you? And he said, I can imagine you, you know, you've got girlfriends, you're one with the ladies. And he introduced me to something, um, although he didn't call it what I call it, but he introduced me to a concept. And, I, and even though I didn't understand, you know, as a 16-year-old that was raw, that was on the streets, that was aggressive, that was extremely physical, it's amazing how his words have stuck with me and I've conceptualized a model. And basically what he said was the physical side of what we do in life is the base level. It's easy. And he referred to me, you know, as having girlfriends and, you know, the physical stuff like fighting. And he said, that's our, our most base level kind of way of existing and connecting. And then the next level up, and I, in latter life, I conceptualize like Maslow's triangle, splitting into four. So at the bottom, you've got the P for physical. The next level up, you've got the M for mental, how you connect with people in a relationship mentally. The next level up is the emotional. How, you know, you're really starting to get deep and intimate now with emotional stuff. But really, he said, and this was, like I say, many, many moons ago. I mean, as you know, I'm in my late 20s now. So, you know, I've been to, <laughs> been to sleep a few times since then. Um, I haven't been to many maths classes, clearly. But anyway, that's another story. But he said right at the top of everything. And he said, if you've got this or everything else sits underneath it. And that was the S 
for spiritual. Now, I hadn't got a clue what he was talking about, but I've never forgot it. So at the top, so working it down and conceptualize Maslow's hierarchy triangle, at the top, you've got S for spiritual. Then underneath that, you've got E for emotional. Then you've got M for mental. And at the bottom, you've got P. I call it the SEMP triangle. So I share a slightly different view to you in terms of the physicality. I do agree that, you know, sharing a sexual act of intimacy is is sacred. I, I, I absolutely I, I do subscribe to that. But I think there are higher levels of intimacy. And I think when you share something at a, a deeply spiritual level, I kind of agree with what this guy said to me. Uh, when I was 16, um, many, many, many moons ago. So, you know, there again, not offering a judgment in any way, shape or form, but that's something that's helped to shape my world as the, you know, the days, weeks, months and decades have gone by. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose for me, I've had so many conversations with people, you know, not only on the podcast, but, you know, uh, other women and 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 mainly and 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 clients that talk about the reasons why they engage in polyamorous or polygamy type relationships, and it does seem and and again, like you said, this isn't from a judgmental point of view, but just from my own observation that they're doing it because they they feel they won't get as emotionally connected, and it, it's a it's because the you know they've been hurt in the past and they feel like you know um, they're less likely to get hurt. It has been my perception, rightly or wrongly, as to why they would want to engage in having multiple partners. Uh, you know that it feels like there's less of a risk to being attached to somebody uh, too strongly, um, and so that they. For me, I've sensed they've, they've still got that barrier and the heart isn't fully open. I don't know what your experience has been, Paul. When you were speaking there, rightly or wrongly, what came to me, and I know we're both massive advocates as, of Tony Robbins' six human needs of psychology, and the fourth human need for love and connection. And I often use this in my in my, in my own sort of coaching and mentoring work around you know, and if I had a, a dollar or a euro or a pound for every time I'd heard this, I'd be an extremely rich man. But how people settle for connection rather than love, because apparently love hurts. There must be a song in there somewhere. I'm sure there's a. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't sang on one of your podcast episodes yet, have I? That, this will be a first, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, not this time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, love hurts. Um, you know, and, and using the example of social media, you know, oh, I've got 5,000 friends. It's kind of safe, isn't it, to have these that label of a inverted commas friend on social media? Because, you know, if you then get a, an adverse comment or reaction on your feed, you can just delete them. It's, you know, it's kind of mechanical. It's safe, as you say. Whereas, and I don't believe that love hurts. I think it's the most, for me personally, the most blessed gift that we can encounter. I really do. And that's come later in life. Um, that's not always been. Has that always been the case? 
that's another podcast episode in its own. And you're well qualified to answer that one. But let's not go down that rabbit hole. Well, I don't know. You decide whether we do or we don't. You're the host. I'm, I'm the guest. Um, yeah, it's... But that love and connection. And yet again, I can only speak my own truth of how I feel about this. You know, somebody mentioned this to me very, very recently, a matter of sort of just a few days ago. And as I shared with you off air, it kind of it sparked a reaction in in terms of, you know, the person was experimenting with polygamy. Um, and it's like, oh, OK. And I didn't judge it and I didn't, you know, kind of pass comment. But and then I'm looking at myself. Why did that react, made me react the way it did? What is it within me that I kind of felt, well, it certainly sparked a reaction, you know. Is it fair to say it triggered me in some way? Well, I don't know. That's a different thing altogether. But it certainly sparked a reaction. And it made me look at values. You know, for me personally, my five values are the, are the five L's, life, learning, loving, legacy and loyalty. And in that loyalty, to quote Shakespeare, to thine own self, be true, because if you can't be true to yourself, how on earth can you be true to anyone else? And I just think and yet again, I hasten. This is just my own value system, um, you know, and listeners all, you know, agree with it, disagree with it, whatever. But to have that loyalty to yourself, that intimacy with self-love, and then to share that with another is a sacred share. But when you're kind of sharing it all around, surely you're diluting that, you know, and bringing it back to the scent model to have a really deep spiritual conversation, you know, and I know there's this kind of, even with World Game Changers, you know, together as one. Yes, we are together as one. But I think there's, there's levels of intimacy. You know, we don't bear our soul to every Tom, Dick and Harry just because, you know, anatomically we're joined and we are as one. Well, I don't anyway. You know, there are levels, aren't there, that of trust that you share with other people. And, and for me, this this really speaks to this intimacy of, you know, what is it I'm going to share with this person? Um, bit of a long-winded answer. Did, have I addressed the question or have I gone down too many rabbit holes there? <laughs> well, I forgot what the question was now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do have this effect, listeners. <laughs> no, I think, um, you know, we're both very much on the same page regarding this. And, you know, we've both done a lot of healing We've done both done a lot of personal growth and we're both following what we feel is a very much, you know, a, a high level spiritual path, which doesn't mean that we think we're better than anybody else on the planet. It just it just means that, you know, like you say, we have our own set of standards, morals and beliefs by which we live by. And um, I share what you said, you know, around not wanting to dilute that by by sleeping with many different partners and and I have actually seen you know people on the other side of that that have done that have massively regretted it as well because they thought it would protect their heart 
but it doesn't because feelings become involved with humans and that's what differentiates us from a lot of other creatures on the planet isn't it it is but i mean yeah absolutely but i want to kind of continue to stretch this if i may and in terms of that kind of loyalty um you know to your partner to yourself so what you know i mean i think you know if people cheat then it's blatantly obvious that you know what the situation is there's betrayal there but begs the question you know when you're sharing secrets and intimacies around emotions you know you can call it pillow talk but if you're sharing those intimate things that only two people know between each other and then you're kind of then going in with the third party or a fourth or fifth party and that pillow talk for want of a better phrase that's surely that emotional and maybe i'm too guided by my own semp megal which has stood me in very good stead over the the years and the decades but that emotional betrayal that's very 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 powerful isn't it I mean, I'm not diluting or playing down, you know, the infidelity and how hurtful um, that is. I'm I'm not creating a hierarchy, but I don't know. It's it just the, what I suppose I'm trying to say in a very long winded way is there's more ways of kind of being monogamous than just it, it's deeper than just sleeping with someone, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. Um, you know, and I think a lot of us, you know, if we're honest with ourselves, do want that one person that, you know, is that true love um, for whatever period of time that that might be in our, our relationships that that feels like they're totally devoted and totally 100 percent committed to you as as their partner. Yeah, um, you know, and. <laughs> I mean, you know, in a beautiful conversation and dance like this, it's, you know, I think it's, and I use this term loosely, but difficult to try and step outside. I mean, I can only take ownership of my own sort of energy, my own thoughts, my own experiences, my own values to, you know, at the risk of overusing that word around this, this monogamy. But, you know, to have that really concentrated faith and uh, focus that knowing that your partner the two of you 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 just belong together across the board across the board not just the physical you know and no apologies listeners for keep sort of beating that drum because it is the whole integrated holistic package of you know m you know of the spiritual of the emotional of the mental of the physical it's the complete package and i think there's a you know and I'm generalizing here. And, and of course, you know, generalizing can be as dangerous as assumptions and as dangerous as making judgments. But, you know, there's this whole thing, isn't there, around really, really being true to yourself and being true to that other person. And when, you know, and I'll bring in this word again, keep diluting that and keep passing it around. It becomes secondhand and devalued. Um, I, I, I kind of struggle to get outside that wall. And then I try and look at from a psychology point of view, why is it that we do the things we do? 
you know, we've already mentioned, or I've already mentioned and brought in Robbins as six human needs, because obviously everything we do is to meet a human need, you know? And I can remember years and years and years ago, I had a conversation with uh, the wife of a minister and she confided in me one day. And I don't know why she did, because we didn't have a particularly close relationship. I mean, I knew her, uh, of course, um, but she actually took me to one side one day and said, uh, I want to share this with you, Paul. And why she did, I, I, I still haven't got a clue. But she told me she was having an affair, which really shocked me, you know, being married to a man of the cloth. And she said, my husband is a really, really good, loyal man. He's solid, he's reliable, he's dependable, he's everything, but he doesn't excite me in the bedroom. My lover does. And that was before I was aware of the six human needs of Robbins and kind of what I deduced from that, she got a certainty from her husband and she got her uncertainty from a lover. So, you know, people will draw from that what they will. But this is why, yet again, the, the kind of, you know, we'll do anything, we'll compromise our values, apparently, to quote Robbins, we will compromise our values to meet our needs. I mean, that's a whole new po podcast episode in its own right. But it brings in this whole complex thing about, you know, why are we ultimately, why are we or why do we believe in a monogamous relationship or otherwise, as the case may be? Because that's really the crux of this conversation, isn't it? And and I can only offer my own thoughts on this. And, and it is that dilution of, you know, is it that love hurts and it's easier to kind of just hit and run rather than get too too committed and too entwined in a relationship where that it's more than just one person? You know, to quote the, the fourth need, we'll settle a bit more for connection rather than love is yeah. kind of my overriding thoughts. And my thoughts, too, I am totally aligned with what you've said and um for me, the way I view it is that whether we're conscious of it or not, I can only feel and see from what I've experienced when I've spoken to people about this, that it's compounding any, you know, if there's an underlying feeling that you're not enough, I can only think that that is compounded if, you know, your partner wants to and you've decided you want to have multiple partners yeah you know and hey listen all's fair you know to quote a cliche all's fair in love and war so long as you know the partners are consenting and you know um obviously of consenting adult age then then great if that works for them you know fine um but yet again you know not to sort of focus on me myself and i uh and flirt too much with the ego but it, it, it certainly wouldn't work for me. No, it certainly wouldn't work for me either. And um, I've seen firsthand, you know, when I've had conversations with people that have uh, dabbled in that, that, you know, it, it doesn't diminish the fact that you might get hurt at the end of the day. You know, if that's the underlying, I suppose, reason for why you might want to experiment in that way, 
is because you feel like there's, you're less likely to get hurt if you're spreading yourself around multiple partners. There, there's certainly quite a lot of people that have come through the other side and I've seen how hurt they've actually been because, you know, the partner has paid more attention to other people in the relationship or whatever that might be. But, um, you know, um, good luck to you if you are somebody listening that does double in that and, and, and uh, opposing views. But, um, you know, this is just what we wanted to discuss because this is our reason for wanting to have monogamous relationships going forward. Yeah, and if I can, you know, sort of attempt a bit of humour, and, and the key word, listeners, is, is attempt, because apparently my humour leaves a lot to be desired. So <laughs> not that it's becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy, you understand, but I will use the prefix it with the word attempt. So when Lynn and I were together for many years, um, there was disloyalty in the relationship. And let me put some context on that. So my, I did have attentions and emotions elsewhere. And when I told Lynn what they were, that created a challenge. When she told me what hers were, it was a double whammy. So allow me to bring this, as I'm looking at her on camera now, and she's smiling, bring this into some context. My love, my other love, my big love, was Nottingham Forest Football Club. Now, Lynn was not prepared to share, which was a bit of a problem. But then she ins she added insult to injury by telling me her allegiances lied with Leicester City Football Club. <laughs> and, you know, the relationship thereafter became problematic. <laughs> anyway. Well, it's funny because we were talking about this earlier, but, you know, I've always referred to Paul's... Um, you know, relationship with his football club and his, and also his computer and his phone as being his mistresses. But, you know, that was in a lighthearted, fun, banterish type way. And, uh, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, that was the only disloyalty <laughs> that we experienced, just to put it, put it straight in people's minds. And I think yeah, on that humorous note, uh, we'll bring in the in situ one, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> so Lynn and I recently, and I mean a matter of kind of a couple of hours ago, we was having a conversation, listeners, and, you know, my laptop's called Bessie. Now, Bessie's been with me 10 years, and Lynn and I were together 10 years, um, just, yeah, 10 years. And, you know, so there was an overlap, and, and I was saying how, you know, lovingly loyal Bessie's been to me. And, you know, she kind of tolerated Lynn. You know, bearing in mind that this is a laptop. <laughs> <laughs> she tolerated Lynn because Lynn was already in situ. <laughs> so I think I'll leave you as the host to have your last comments around that being, you know, categorised as you being in situ. <laughs> yeah, and my response to that was what? In situ, as in you mean, you know, I'm some sort of ornament in our relationship. <laughs> anyway, one digresses, but uh, thank you for having me on. You're very welcome. And uh, on that note, I think it's time to wrap up the episode. And, and thank you very much for having a very insightful conversation around polygamy. <laughs> Get my words out. Versus monogamy, question mark.
Yeah. Um, and just to kind of finish off from my point of view, is to say that this episode will also be broadcast on the World Game Changers podcast um, as well. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a dual purpose one. There's a bit of duality rather than just one monogamous episode here. But I think we could be excused. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So it just leaves me to say that true love starts with opening our hearts. Until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? Respond.